This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, what up? What up? It's Golden <laughs> Spaces. <laughs> it's an Odyssey original podcast. We're just doing a little uh, pre pod joking around. Um, but the Warriors win a game. They've now won two out of their last three. This is a game they were supposed to win. This is a game they were probably supposed to blow San Antonio out. And they were in the process of doing that before they gave up, I want to say, a 10 or 11 0 run or something like that in the fourth quarter to make it a close game. Yes. Um, but a win is a win is a win. We'll talk about, you know, that kind of collapse or almost collapse a little bit. But it's good to see, you know, them add another number onto that win column. Now they're eight and nine and they get Draymond back for their next game. I'm pretty sure. Yes, he will be back for Sacramento. <sighs> Look at that. Perfect game to come back. Perfect game to hopefully not get ejected. Right. Right. Uh, I was talking to Greg before the pod started about Draymond and like how he'll have an incident and then it'll, it'll be, he like buffers, he buffers until his next one. He loads up. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on his best behavior for a little bit. Yep. Just for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Just for a little bit. And then he's, he's going to have another episode at some point and everybody's, we're going to have the same conversation about him again, but I think he's going to come back and they're going to be, you know, they're going to be good. I think this is the part where like, their season kind of restarts, All right? They, I want to say I heard somewhere they have second easiest strength of schedule remaining for the rest of the season. Well, that's uh, they, <laughs> it's pretty good, right? They've had one of the hardest up to this point. Yeah, they've, top two. I think I think we're number two with the yeah. toughest schedule. Yeah, start out. toughest schedule. Draymond has missed six games. With including the suspension yeah. in the first game he lost, you know, first game he missed. Yeah. How many games did he miss? Five suspensions. He got ejected from the Cavs one, so that's six because you can't even count that. Also and ejected I from the like, Exactly, and then seven. that one early part of the third quarter. So that's seven games mm-hmm. out of where are we at? We're at fifteen now, sixteen now. Where are we? We're at, at seventeen now, but he also missed the Suns game. The first Suns game of the season. Yep. So that's eight. eight. He missed the Nuggets game, which is nine. Yep. So he's missed over half of the season. Counting. Like. (laughs) Yeah. He's missed over half the season. 
Look, nine games. Nine, nine games. games. <laughs> Steph has missed two. Yes. Wiggins has missed this entire season, if you ask me. But um well, let's No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, Wiggins has been Wiggins and Clay have been under their standard and they're trending they upward. They are. Um, and the Warriors have played um the Thunder twice, who are second in the West. Lost but lost. Well, they played them three times, lost two. They played the Timberwolves twice, who are first in the West and lost both. They play the Cavs, who I, I don't know where they're twice. standing at. They're a good team. What the Cavs know are literally like out of the play-in tournament. They are, I think they're sitting at nine, I think, in the East. Oh, okay. So, so maybe they're just good against the Warriors. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, needless to say, they've they've had a very tough go of it so far. Um do I think the and like Gary the trade, Gary missed Gary also missed time. two or three games. So yeah. And you know, there's been a lot of like trade rumors and trying to not trade rumors, but like trade requests from the fan base and trying to get Clay and Wiggins and, and other guys traded, which I mean it's it's all fair game at this point in the season. Like once you get around 20 games and it's it's reasonable to you know, question roster and stuff like mm-hmm. that if things aren't going your way. But we do have to add context to the situation and say they've been missing their best players for a lot of this, a lot of the time. They've been playing a lot of good teams. They've been playing on the road a lot. Yep. They've been playing a lot of games in a short period of time. True. You know, to be around 500, it's not the end of the world. And they added some new players. Mm-hmm. So that also, hey, we've never played with them before. That's Chris Paul. That's Dario. And your two rookies coming into the fold haven't, you know, and then on top of that, missing Draymond for a good portion of it. Who is your defensive anchor? You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Kind of get people in line on that side of the ball. So that's a lot going into. And hey, by the way, you're going to play the second toughest schedule to start out the season. Good times, good times. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to actually be where we are, we can kind of be like, whew, look at us trying to weather this storm. Again, it would have been nice had we had those pieces in and go on mm-hmm. a 6 and 0 homestead instead of 0 yeah. <laughs> <and> 6. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, so to be to be where we are, we are thankful on yeah, this all, Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All things considered, like this is not the worst possible position to be in. Um, and then, you know, you factor in like, okay, they should reel off a, a run at some point in the season because of the the schedule lightens up. But also, like you look at the results of these games. Even a lot of the games they lost comes down to one possession, two possessions, yeah. right? They're not getting blown Close out. They've gotten blown out like twice. But yeah. for the most part, they're in it with these really, really good teams while missing guys, while their mm-hmm. best players, particularly their starters, haven't been performing well. So, right, you know, it's, it's keep your head up. I know, it, but I will say this. Draymond's back against Sacramento. Mm-hmm. The team's fully healthy. I'm assuming yes. at this point, like, this is kind of where they should be like, all right, this is where our season starts. Yeah. Yeah. This is where our season restarts. We can try to go on a run from here. 
get really serious, reel, reel off a couple wins in a row and try to get some momentum going forward. Um, I don't know what Dre's conditioning is going to be like, but, you know, your team's all together. You need to, you know, turn it around because you're eight and nine right now. By game 25, you should be somewhere around like, I don't know, 13 wins or something like that. 500 at least. We oh, all- yeah, definitely, yeah, right. Yeah. Should be should be over 500. So it would be nice to be like 14 and 11. You know what I mean? Get six out of the next eight. That would be great. Fantastic. Yeah. But Draymond had, uh, I think Kurt mentioned that he did scrimmage and he also traveled to Phoenix with them. So he's and did like some three on three or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's at least kept up with some conditioning. So that's good because you're going to come back. We're going to need you to be like on it, not on some, well, he's got to work back, you know, because he wasn't off mm-hmm. with it. So it's like. Exactly. Exactly, and he could have been using that time because he he started the season injured, so he was right very good when he came back, but he wasn't the like the best version that he could have been at that point in the season. Um, mainly because his conditioning wasn't there because he couldn't do conditioning because his ankle. But now he's had some extra time off where he can focus just on those things that he missed probably in training camp. So hopefully he's coming into this Kings game ready to go. Ready, ready to, to go. go. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this Spurs game in season tournament. The Warriors are now what two and one in the in season oh, tournament nice. with an opportunity to beat the Kings, um, who are now three and oh, which would make you know, which would tie the record, but obviously the point differential would um you know determine whether or not the Warriors would come out top of this group. Right. And I want to say the Kings are plus twenty nine point differential and the Warriors are minus three. Yeah. So they would have to win by 32 if I'm if my math is correct. Your math or more. Your math is correct and so we we don't see that happening. I mean, <laughs> right, you never know, but it's not likely that they're going to blow them out by 32. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems like a lot, especially yeah. against the Kings. Yeah. Who, who, who are kind of similar to the Warriors as far as offensive power and stuff like that. So they're a mm-hmm. running gun type of uh, squad. So 32, something had to like, somebody had to bug out. Like Clay, maybe. I don't know. For it to, you know, 32 points, that's just, yeah. that would be insane. Yeah, <laughs> that would be great. We hoping for it. But yeah, so it's going to get interesting depending on the result of that game. Even if they win, who knows if they'll be able to get in with the wild card or something like that. Really, this was supposed to be the game, and we'll get into this game now, but um, this was supposed to be the game where they got a big blowout win in the in-season tournament to make up some of that yeah. ground that they lost elsewhere. But they ended up only winning by six because um, the Spurs went on a run at the very end. Um, at the beginning of the fourth quarter, it was a five-point lead for Golden State, which quickly turned into 18. Mm-hmm. And then it went right back down to what did they get it to four? Yeah, and I think it was yeah. that like at the two two minute two minute and fifty second mark or something like that. All of a sudden, just meltdown. Yeah, just went haywire. the The turnovers picked up. It just couldn't get a stop to save your life. 
and mm -hmm. missing shots. And just, it was like, what is going on here? What is going on here? Yeah. So. <laughs> and this is where, this is where, you know, obviously the players have a lot to do with this, but this is where you kind of got to look at Steve and say, brother, can you rally your troops? Do they even listen to what you're saying at this point anymore? Like they had one, possession i'm pretty sure it was a it was an and one i want to say off of an offensive rebound it was an and one and then they got a tech yeah that one i was just like wait where did that tech come from and apparently dario got the tech but yeah. i didn't i didn't see like where it all like happened i was watching i was like wait right where did this he probably reacted to the call or something like that but um yeah so there's two shots that go up. I want to say when Miyama got one of the offense rebounds, which is oh. kind of like, well, he's seven, he's seven, a, a thousand. Right. So Look, he, he's, he's, he's going to get it. He was there. Kelden, yeah, exactly. But Keldon gets in there, grabs another one and puts it back, gets yeah. fouled and one. Yeah. That can't happen. Cannot. But I also asked myself, like, why is Chris Paul in the game? I'm not saying he missed the box out, but I'm saying more athleticism and length on the court in these points at a game where you need more stops will probably help you. Yeah, but Kelden gets the put back, Dario gets a tech, and they turn um, an eight point deficit into mm -hmm. a four point deficit with no time coming off the clock. That is just like textbook meltdown. You're losing, you're losing your mind. Losing <laughs> yeah, like what is going on? So they really have to, you know, get that in order because that's totally uncharacteristic of them, but. Just in general, if you're a serious team, you can't make mistakes like this because this is the Spurs who are terrible, right? They're three and thirteen now. They had lost ten games in a row coming mm -hmm. to this game. Yeah, they they are used to losing at this point. Yep, just Pop say. already said like I'm not even coaching these guys right now. I'm just letting them play because hey, I want to yeah. see what they can do. You should beat them by fifty, like. But <laughs> okay, maybe not fifty, but maybe still. not fifty, but like yeah, that, that eighteen point close. lead in the fourth quarter should have yeah. ballooned to twenty five. It really should have. And and again, yes, you're going to some vets there who's like, okay, you should have it together. You should be able to close these guys out mm -hmm. because, hey, 18-point lead. Let's just get it done. Mm -hmm. and, and it just, nope, spirals out, spirals out. And, you know, Chris really kind of was like, uh the one just just messing up the flow basically really just mm -hmm. like dude come on what are you doing why why is seti open he should not be right like right. there's no reason that he should be you should not be leaving him for what reason like mm -hmm. <laughs> why? That's what I'm saying. I get back to Steve. It's like, why is he on the court? I, I mean, I understand why he's on the court, but it's like, this is the Spurs and you don't need that extra ball handler. I mean, even if it wasn't the Spurs, you don't need, yeah. it's not an absolute necessity to have Chris Paul on the court to end the game. So they don't turn the ball over. Yeah. Like Steph is fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yes. He has a turnover fetish sometimes during, in the course of the game, during the course of the game. But like when it's winning time, I'm pretty sure you can trust four time champion all-time great Steph Curry to mm -hmm. not turn the ball over like you know yeah. what I mean so 
you need to lean into having your athletes and your defenders on the court so another team can't reel off all these points in a short period of time and get all these offensive rebounds back. The only time that they are vulnerable to, you know, size and athleticism mm-hmm. stuff like that is when they play Chris, Steph, and Clay all together. We're yeah. all 33 plus, 35, 38 guards who, even in their heyday, weren't the most physically imposing guys out there. Chris was quick, but he's still 5'10". Right. You know, right. Steph is a smaller guard, and Clay could move his feet well, but he was never the most athletic guy out there. So, like, you're right. you're giving up a lot on the perimeter athleticism-wise, and that can lead to three-pointers from the other team, offensive rebounds, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, those are those are the facts and they cannot be disputed. So <laughs> no. <laughs> but my gosh. Uh Moses Moody. He uh he started. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that that was a really great move. And I feel like we should see that kind of lineup together a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't see Moody for any more time after that whole sequence of, yeah, Moody, I was like, Moody, what are you doing? Like, it was just turn over here. It just, it was like, hold on, calm yourself. You're doing too much because you, you were just fine. Like you just saved, saved the ball and then you get it back and you run and then it's off your foot. Like, it's just, it was like, Moody, Moody, you did all these right things. I mean, I thought it was unfortunate that he didn't get a chance to kind of like redeem himself mm-hmm. all after that. But that stint right there, no more. There was no more Moses Moody. And I thought he was really making some really good plays. I mean, grab that offensive rebound off yeah. of that play miss in the uh, second half. It was just like, okay, all right. And no, no. Yeah. yeah back out there how many minutes did he end up like he only ended up playing 17 minutes yeah and start and only play 17 minutes that like come on now yeah then why are we starting why are we starting? why are we starting right i mean he's a di- he's a very dynamic player like you just said all the things that he did he grabs offensive rebounds he's a two guard mm-hmm. slash small forward that grabs offensive rebounds frequently he defends he can hit an open shot Sometimes, depending on matchup, he can create his own shot. Um, and I think defensively on this team, he's the closest thing to Draymond that we have, right? Right. I mean, people people are waiting for Kaminga to kind of take that leap, but Kaminga's more Wiggins-like. He's more a point of mm-hmm. attack, you know, one-on-one defender, where Mo- Moses is just like the cerebral, I see everything. Yep. I'm going to be there before it happens. I use my length and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's more of a Draymond slash Andre Iguodala type of, disciple defensively and he has the same measurables as Draymond same height and same uh, wingspan as well um so definitely he's one of those players like I said because he's so he can do so many things you kind of got to live sometimes with the mistakes that he makes just so he can learn from them and that's one thing yeah. I think Kerr has to implement into his style of development is like when a young guy makes a mistake even if it's one or two in a row don't just say okay you're done for the rest of the game how about you call a timeout and say, hey, don't do that again. Do this yeah. instead. I'm going to give you another shot 
let's make better plays and let them play through their mistakes instead of just saying, yeah, you're not playing again to the next game. Like. Yeah. I mean, granted after that, Moses did get back in for, but again, it was like for a hot second. Mm -hmm. So I, I just thought we really could see him out here a lot longer. Like we didn't need to insert Chris. It could have been Moses in there. Yeah. It should have been Moses in there at the end. Moses is going to shoot. At least least we know that is going to happen. And he can close out with a much higher point hand point, right? Like Chetty Osmond has got to shoot that ball a little bit higher if it's Moses Moody out there closing out to him. Right. And and all of that stuff. So I think over the course of the season, he'll end up playing more and more and more. Him getting the start was a really good sign that Kerr is starting to trust him a lot more. And he's been dropping yeah. name dropping him in in the post games interviews and stuff like that mm-hmm. so i think he's hearing all everyone calling for more moses moody and he's like all right let me give the people what they want which is what the team needs because <laughs> you saw what kind of start like initially it was like all right all right but then you saw it start to percolate like all right mm-hmm. we get in the groove of things and stuff so i i just think we look more moses moody <laughs> yeah yeah they just need the they need the young guys um just as much as they need the veterans. The young guys are what's gonna be able to bridge that gap yeah. and provide that that spark, that energy, that athleticism that the older dudes just don't have anymore, right? They still got the skill, mm-hmm. they can still shoot the ball. Chris Paul can still handle the ball and pass it, you know. But at the end of the day, Clay's not staying in front of not staying in front of the small guards like that anymore. He's not the same defender he once was, even though I think he's better than people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, even Looney has gotten a little bit slower. Like he's just gotten bigger, you yeah. know, to regard some of the bigger bigs. So you need that that burst out there. That's why Pods, whenever he plays on the court, um, he kind of jumps off the screen because he's just yeah. everywhere, right? Same thing with Moses, same thing with Gary, even though Gary's a little bit older. They just need that energy um, a little bit more. For sure. And so. I, I think Looney just needs, he needs Draymond back to help him with that load on the defensive end because <laughs> he's mm-hmm. in here trying to cover up a lot of those just kind of mistakes and kind of like, you know, y'all were supposed to be right there. Like, all right, I'm going to yeah. go out there, but that was really where y'all need me. <laughs> so, you know, because you you can see him laboring in anything, but what we can count on from Loon Dog is he will grab that rebound. Yeah. And when it's do or die, Looney came up with it at the end. Mm-hmm. So it was just like it was like it was like, a, it was like the ball had it was like he had a magnet in his hand. Oh my gosh! Wiped his hands. <laughs> he was not letting it go. He was not. Yeah, shout early out to Looney. Looney look, early Looney, he, it would have got ripped right out of his hand. We've been like, dude, you couldn't even fight for that. But no, Looney now was like he he had it so yeah but he, still working he, on them finishes he, at the rim but you're gonna get the rebound look but his free throws he has been working on free throws yes he missed one uh today but he's mm. been working on it yeah yeah
For all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Okay. So we got some mailbag questions. We usually do a mailbag every now and then. And we got a good amount. I want to say like maybe eight or nine. Look at that. Um, so we'll go through them one by one. Um, this is from Gordon Blue. Gordon. He asked. <laughs> Gordon Blue. He asks, do you legitimately think that when healthy and all of the guys who are underperforming start to perform or start to perform, do you believe this is a championship team or do you think they need to make a move? Let you answer first. Um, if I'm looking at it right now, I'm like, absolutely not championship <laughs> team. But if everything, everybody is healthy and our two starters, Clay and Wiggins, are who we know them to be, then yes. I think we are because as just as we went up against certain teams, it was just like, we still are there. We still mm -hmm. have it. You know, we just got to tighten up here and there, but when it comes down to it, I'm still putting my chips on the warriors. Cause when it gets down to it, no, we know what we need to do to get this win. So that that's mm -hmm. how yeah, I totally agree as well. I think you look at the team on paper, Clay and Wiggins are, are much better than they've been so far this season. And like I said, they're starting to round into form. Um, the offense is still coming along, right? We got 25 from them combined on 22 shots tonight. Could be better, but it's going to be better. They're, they've shown over the last few years that they're much better offensive players than this and defensive players. So when you take that into account, Draymond has been gone, right? If he's back and he's playing the, to the best of his abilities, he's a defensive player of the year candidate every year. At least he should be. Steph is still, at worst, the second best player in the league. I think he's still first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? I'm not taking – in a playoff series, I'm not taking the other guys over Steph, right? So you're going to have the best player going into any series. And you got a legitimate, really good team. You got good players all up and down this roster. Yeah. So with the caveat that you're healthy and all the guys who are underperforming start to perform, <laughs> they are definitely a championship caliber team. Yeah. Um, it's just a matter of can they get to the playoffs healthy? Can they remain healthy enough in the regular season so they can get good seating for the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Those are the questions right there. I don't think they'll be able to sustain this bad of play <laughs> for an extended period of time. So right. I think they're well on their way to proving to everybody that they're a legit contender very soon. Um, the next one is from Rich Casanova 13. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of a similar question, right? So do you think the roster is good as is, needs to make changes on the margins, or needs a major trade that's involving a major trade, meaning a starter gets moved? Mm. Well, you know my thoughts on it. I I don't think we <clears throat> should be making a move at all. I feel like we have who we have. Let's actually get it to work to perfection. Mm. 
like we have time. Like everyone's put in their their work. I just feel like give it that time. Like and again, who are we bringing in? Like we don't have we don't have the funds to be bringing in some somebody. We're trying to stay away from that second apron thing or whatever. But also if you're bringing in who you think you we need to bring in, guess what? Those other little pieces that you think, you know, they ain't really doing all that great are gone. But you have just this one person that you brought in. Who's filling in those other slots now to make up for what we just sent out? So mm-hmm. it's like, we've got a good group here. Our second unit is actually like one of the best in the league so I think what we outscored 15 of 16. So, mm-hmm. so something's yep. happening. Something's working. It's the starters who haven't shown up like they're they're supposed to. We've got one that has, and that's mm-hmm. Stephanie. And now we're we're finally getting our wings going. Okay. They're showing up. So yep. let's for me, it's just like, no, I, I think we can do things with who we have. I agree. I agree. I think, um, you know, the longer the quote unquote struggle goes on, the more you have to look at other options. But I think for now, you take everything into account and you say, we've been missing a lot of guys. Like we said earlier mm-hmm. in the pod, a lot of guys have been missing. We've been playing a lot of good teams very tough schedule. So let's just see how they look um, when everybody's together and healthy for an extended stretch against a more normal schedule. Right. And, you know, just like we've seen them play bad, let's give them a chance to see if they can turn it around and play good for an extended stretch, because we know that the, the, the guys who are struggling right now are capable of doing much mm-hmm. better, right? Because they are the guys who won the championship. Right. It's been the starters that's been mainly the struggle this season. Like you said, all of them except Steph have either underperformed or in Draymond's case, have not been present for, <laughs> right. for his for 20 minutes. Doing. For 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Seven of the games that he's missed have been directly because he can't control himself. Yeah. So he needs to stay on the court. The other guys need to play better. We know they're capable of doing that. We know Draymond's capable of keeping himself in check, at least for an extended period of time before he has another episode. But um, (laughs) once they do that, they should start to, you know, do better, right? Steve is included in that as well. He needs to mix in more young guys with the older guys instead of going all young or all old. Yeah, but we saw a little bit of that again. Right, we saw that today. But then also you saw where the the usual second unit comes in and then you started to see how, wait, this really isn't jiving. And he started moving that second unit around, dropping in different little pieces here and there to be like, okay, wait, I think we found, you know, a a good, a good group here that kind of keeps it moving for us, you know? So Mm -hmm. I, I think it's starting to be like, all right, we're finally Gary's back. At least we can do some things because Gary was in that second unit. He got Gary up out of there and put him with Steph. Hmm, And you saw how it flipped. Yep. Because for some reason, Gary wasn't working 
too well in that second unit. It wasn't like there was nothing really, really going on. And it kind of just like we were just bogged down. Pulled Gary out, put him with the stars. All of a sudden, new life. Yeah. New life. On both uh, in both units. So yeah, I've been saying since the beginning of the season, he's he's, he's a player that needs to play next to Steph. He needs he's to like, play with better with Steph. Yeah. And Steph is better with him. Yeah. I mean, Steph is Steph, but yeah. like he they they juice each other up because they of that compliment. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Just, and to see their interaction too. Like they know like yeah. they're feeding off of each other too. Exactly. So, I love exactly. Okay. So the next one. Um, a lot of these are very trade-based. I'm just letting you guys know. Mm-hmm. This is from Bob Swagger Lee. If tomorrow <laughs> was the deadline, <laughs> what realistic trade would you guys make that would turn the team into a contender? I guess we'll, I'll just answer. Yeah, go ahead. Well, we've yes. already answered this, that we think they already have a contending roster. Trade. What's a realistic one? No, give Mr. Bobby Swagger um, <laughs> the realistic trade that could actually okay. happen. Um, One that can actually happen. Mm-hmm. Well, we got to look at two teams, I think, in particular, because they're very close to, I think, blowing it up in the East. That's Chicago and that's Toronto. Right, so that, I'm just kidding. <laughs> bring Wiseman back, but, <laughs> but with Toronto, um, they seem to be trending toward Scotty Barnes being their franchise cornerstone. So that means Siakam, who has just this last year on his con on his deal, mm-hmm. and OG, who has this year and next year on his deal, could potentially be available. Right, they've been in trade rumors for the last some some years. Yeah, now. You do the math, Siakam makes 36, 37. Chris Paul and Kaminga combined make 36, 37. You would think that would be the trade with a lot of draft compensation in there, a few first rounders maybe. Mm. Who knows how realistic that is given how, you know, Masai is holding those guys hostage. Mm -hmm. But I think once this trade deadline, those guys will probably be gone because he'll lose them for nothing if he doesn't trade them. So that's one. OG makes 18. So, I mean, you look at Wiggins makes 24. You can make some money work there. Right. Uh, Yeah. Who knows how that would, how that would work out. I mean, they're pretty close in caliber of player. So is it like really worth to bring in? Yeah. Plus, plus Wiggins literally took a team friendly discount. He did. And so you're going to, yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be bad business, right? It'll look bad to the rest of the league. Yeah. Um, But just money wise, that would be, you know, money wise and and just on paper, that would be another option. And you look at Chicago, I'm not really sure the the, the money on, uh, on Booch and Caruso and those guys, but those are some targets that they can go after. People keep talking about Zach Levine. Sure. Theoretically, you can do a clay for Zach Levine trade money-wise. Wouldn't really make much sense for the team to do that trade because Zach Levine makes $140 million more million for the next three seasons, which puts you smack dab in the second apron, over the second apron, well over it, um, which means you probably lose three more players that you currently have on your team because you can't pay them <laughs> later on. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't do the Zach one. I wouldn't do any of these trades 
right now. If it came down to it, if this team was still struggling, I would definitely look hard at Siakam for sure. But other than that, it's, you know, it's just 2K trade machine, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Fantasy, fantasy world. All right, we're on to the next one. On to the next. Um, I think you asked this one. Uh, I probably did. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You did ask this one. <laughs> um, you said, do you think Coach Kerr is ultimately to blame for the losing streak? Or could this be a combination of not having a full healthy roster and players not performing up to expectations? We already, yeah, we already answered this. <laughs> but I will say it's probably both. Exactly. All of these things together. Mm-hmm. Kerr is not coaching to the best of his ability abilities. Um, we've already kind of highlighted how he's playing mm-hmm. too many all vet lineups and too many all young guy lineups instead of blending them in and using that experience and skill with the vets, with the energy and the athleticism of the young guys together, which is what he should be doing more. He should be playing guys like Moses more. Um, and, um, you know, in-game coaching, in-game adjustments, coaching up the young guys, kind of mm-hmm. doing the try-hard thing. Like, you look at the coach of uh, OKC, like, he's yeah. calling a timeout. Every time they make a single mistake, he's calling a timeout. Like, he's so into it every mm-hmm. single possession. And I get it. It's hard to do that when you've been a championship coach to take the regular season and try to break down every possession down to the minutia every time. But when you have a team like this, where so many young guys are being heavily dependent on, you need to have that type of juice, I think. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we've already highlighted how Draymond's missed a bunch of time, Gary's missed time, Steph's missed time, Clay and Wiggins and Kaminga are performing under their standard and expectation. They'll be better. And yeah, yeah ultimately all those things together is, is a pretty bad storm. And then when you look yeah. at it, eight and nine, during the worst possible storm possible, like it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah. Well, thanks for answering my question. Oh, no problem. No problem. <laughs> I'll leave this next question for you. Uh-oh. This is from Sub Thoughts. He said, "Are y'all tired of Draymond shit?" <laughs> um. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and. Earlier, you had said, yes, there will be a time Draymond's going to come back. He's going to be all nicey-nicey on his best behavior. And then later on, he'll do something to screw it up. I feel like maybe this particular one could have been the ultimate wake-up call. Because this was the time where Kerr actually kind of called him out. And it's just like you held on too long, dude. Like I was with you with protecting your teammate. I was with you. If you, you know, you want to get him off like real quick, but the extended, the extended drag across the court, that's where, nah, I'm not with you on that one. So I think that being like blasted out there, and others kind of like, you know, you did choke him out. Like, don't really look good. You trying to choke him out and stuff. So maybe, and with the five games, and you saw how just, we just lost games, lost games, lost games. And it's just like, ultimately, dude, 
you could have fixed that because you had literally just got kicked out the game before. And then you come back to now five games out. So maybe finally you've realized, you know what? Listen, I have this reputation that they're always going to fall back on. So I'm going to just, you know, fly steady. Yes, I'm going to still, you know, like get into things and, and play my game, but I have to like stop and really think. I can't let my team down once again. I can't be, you know, just getting kicked out, getting texts here and there. Like I have to be there for my team. And you kind of heard that from Curry and Kerr and even Chris kind of said it, but he said it to himself, just as him getting booted out or whatever. Like, I can't do that. I got to be there for my team. So I think this might be, maybe, hopefully, this is the wake-up call. But yeah, I'm tired of it. <laughs> yeah, you said it. I couldn't say it any better. Um, Let's go to the next question. It's from Tommy Hill. He said, can Kaminga impact the game other than scoring or other than trying to score? Listen, <laughs> if he... um, plays that defense if he, he's got to that's where yeah. it is it's like dude you just gotta be better on defense he just yeah. goes in and out sometimes it's like were, were you not paying attention in the huddle right What's well, JK is i don't think it's ever a, a matter of can right especially like he's so athletically gifted it's like he can do anything that he wants to on the court you know, without the ball in his hands, he can rebound, he can get steals in the pass lane, block shots, he can bang with bigger players, he can stay with the quicker players. Such a freak athlete. He absolutely can impact the game outside of scoring. And that's really what he should be focusing on. And that is what will take this team ultimately to another level. Obviously, they need his scoring punch. They need him to be able to score inside, yeah. post up, hit mid-range shots, get to the free throw line. That's a that's an offensive juice that he can bring to the team that they will really need, especially considering how, like, you know, Clay and Wiggins and stuff, these guys aren't Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. These guys aren't Jamal Murray type of support for Steph. So you need the other guys to step up offensively as well. But outside of the offense, Kaminga needs to be that wing player similar to Wiggins in 2022 mm -hmm. that just does – all of the dirty work because he's just the most athletic guy on the court at all times. That's, that's why I think that's his way to impact the game. And he was, he's been doing it or he was doing it his rookie season and his sophomore season, right? His sophomore season much more so than his rookie season, right? He, yeah. he had a few games where he was really looked like a lockdown defender one-on-one. -on -one. He had Shane yes. in the, in the seatbelt one game last year. He had Luca in the seatbelt one game last year. <laughs> And he's just kind of, I think, I mean, it just seems like sometimes, like you say, he's a little spacey. Like he just, his his mind's not on that anymore. And he, yeah. he has to get back there. It's like a, a constant, like, having to tell him, you have to play some defense. You have to mm -hmm. grab these rebounds. And then he'll come out. And then he's doing that. He's doing that. And then, you know, they feed him the ball. He he makes a couple of baskets. All, And then all of a sudden, he forgets. You still got work to do on the other end. Yeah. 
Like you do the work on this other end and we always got you here. We always got you here. Exactly. Like a little kid, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just did good. Okay. We rewarded you. And then you don't realize that, no, you've got to keep this up. Like you don't always get rewards for doing something you're supposed to be. Supposed to do. Yeah. This is where Steve comes in. Now this is obviously on Kaminga as well, right? As a player, you have to, yeah. Pull him to be like, you got to be homie. Yeah. And sends him right back out to do it. Right. Like it's, it's never really been Steve's style, I think to do this, but Mm-hmm. He has to uh, he has to evolve in some way, and it has to be to the point where Kaminga is like, man, Steve is just like on my back all the time. Like you have to be over coaching him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's probably the only player on the team where you really got to do that with. Everybody else seems to either get it. You know, everybody <laughs> else seems to get it. It's just some guys who are just physically incapable of doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. He's physically yeah. capable of doing literally anything, mm-hmm. but he just mentally doesn't always bring it and that's when steve has to come in it can't be yeah chris paul just with him in the shape like chris paul is out there playing he can't play and coach right you got to be the coach you have to be the guy that's constantly on him tell him rebounding tell him yo get around the screen this way anticipate the screen box your man out like do all the little things and you're going to play more you're going to get more play calls for you i'm going to make sure you get three or four post-ups and all this other stuff. Like this is what's going to get you there and you got to do it. Yeah. One of those like kids that you have to be on top of every, got to micromanage him because he's like, nee, 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 nee. and it's like, no, 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 focus. <laughs> nee, 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 nee. No focus. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. But you're, I think Kerr is, is kind of like breaking out of that shell and seeing, mm-hmm. all right, let me let me step out of my own comfort zone and and really, you know, start to do that. Start to really because you do see from time to time on the sidelines, he is talking to him and telling him, all right, but I'm gonna keep you in though. So so go do what we just discussed. Yeah, I'm calling this timeout because you're messing up out here, but I'm gonna need you to just regroup now. Get back out there, you know. So he is like giving him some some rope, and then you know it's it's up to Kaminga to really just be like, all right, all right, I got it, I got it, but mm-hmm. he's got it, Mm-mm. right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on to the next question. We got two more left. This is from Glory. Glory. He said, "Would have been Steve Kerr's while we're on the topic of Steve Kerr." <laughs> what have been Steve Kerr's greatest strengths and weaknesses over the years? Hmm. Well, we always go to him being able to manage the many, many egos that he has. Like, I think overall, you still have to have that skill and to be able to talk to players and get through to players and everything. So I think that that is something that would be a strength of his because who he actually has to coach, these are super duper stars. Like you have Curry and then you have Clay Thompson who like, these are just like all time shooters here. And then you have Draymond on the defensive end who's just, just, Ooh, just a wild boy, wild boy. 
who's literally bumped heads with Kerr. So to be able to kind of still like have the team intact and together, I think that's that's a strength to be able to do that. But I think he's also bringing in people on his squad that can, you know, handle the things that he maybe just isn't strong at. So I I think he hires, uh, he, he has a good team around him, I think. So that's a strength. Weakness, yeah, I, you know, he's, he's very rigid, very set in his ways, but mm-hmm. there are lots of coaches who aren't, you know, wanting to bend in that way. And I think we probably are just like super hard on Kerr because I'm always just like, well, if you guys want to get rid of him so bad, who are you getting to replace him? Who is the coach that you're bringing in to coach this group? Who you think is going to just do a, you know, a, fan freaking tastic job they're gonna do it they're gonna be the ones so but thinking about who you're dealing with and what comes with all of that especially a championship team you know you've got four-time champion a lot's gone in there so you know yeah yeah for sure i agree on on everything like you said um, being able to manage all those egos, being able to keep everything together and the culture together, not necessarily saying like Steve is keeping the culture together himself. It's obviously Steph, but yeah. he's, he's a big part of that as well. Um, as far as from the X's and O's thing, like it's, he's, he's a really smart X and O's coach. He just is, like you say, he's very rigid mm-hmm. and he like sticks to, the things that he loves to stick to when it's like, you know, you have three or four wrinkles off of this play that you just haven't been implementing mm-hmm. um, as much as you should, you know, you can get a little bit more creative with the pick and roll stuff and getting clay the ball in, in easier positions. But um, yeah, I think his biggest weaknesses as far as this particular team this year, we've already highlighted is his, um, his unwillingness to overcoach his unwillingness unwill- to like, fully involve himself in the middle of the game, stopping it and coaching guys up and doing that. He just kind of lets his guys play. And it's like, sure, that's good for Steph and and Clay and Chris Paul and these guys who've been doing it for over a decade. But the younger guys and the guys who have roles that are super important that they have never been on this team before, you need to coach them up. You need to make sure that they know what's going on. You need to make sure that they are supplementing the older guys as much as they possibly can so you can, you know, accomplish the goal that you ultimately want to accomplish. So we got one more question. <laughs> this is from Truth. He said, is there a chance that maybe y'all are wrong on this team and that maybe the window is closed? Ooh. Not everyone ends on a title in their last dance. What do you think well, about that? Truth is uh, not spitting all that yeah. much truth he's a but, lakers fan by the way i'm just putting oh that typical 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 um i i wouldn't call this the last dance at all this is just another year to win a championship that's that's how i see it um i don't think we're wrong about you know the guys that we have we know what they're capable of and 
even with everything that even happened last season to this, you know, Lakers fan here, we were still in the playoffs in the second round. Um, We can talk about a free throw disparity. Really could. We could talk about someone's rib being, you know, almost what cracked basically in that, what was that? The, the fourth game or whatever, the fifth game. So that, you know, and then clearly Gary throwing up wasn't yeah. well um, and still was right in there. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not saying that this is done. This is in our last dance. So no, I don't think we are incorrect about this team at all. No, I don't, I don't either. I mean, it's always, you have to acknowledge that sure. Maybe. Right. But mm-hmm. no, we ain't there yet. Yeah. We'll only be there if we actually are there. That's when I'll say, oh, right. Like, oh. Once it's already done, yeah. I'll say it was the last dance. I'm not going to say it in the midst of it. Right. Right. When Steph is still this good. Um, there go. You know, yeah. And like, like we both said already, we think this team at its best is a contending level team. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think it's the last dance when you have a contending level team and the best player in the league on it. So, yeah, when that when they no longer have that, then it, then it's the last dance. Then it's over. Right, right. right. They don't have that yet. Um. So yeah, yeah. Those are all the questions we got for today. Um, I think that was a good one. Warriors got to win, like we said. They got Sacramento on Tuesday. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tuesday on TNT. It's a in season tournament game. It is. It is. It is the last in season tournament. Right. Game of group play. Yeah. So that's like, three days off. So that's. Yeah. Yeah. Today is Friday. Look, I'm like, what's today? <laughs> yeah, they, they're going to be able to practice with yep. the full team finally again. And hopefully they get a, a good performance. They got to go into Sacramento. So they're going to be hyped up. Damn. Sacramento is going to be jumping. Up. So this is the perfect opportunity yeah. to kind of re restart their season, like reset it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Darren Fox is back. So, and they've been hoping they have won. Well, actually, just lost two games in a row before they just won tonight. But before then, they had won six games in a row against some pretty good teams. So, you know, the Kings are back. They're good again. Like they're they're just good, right? They got Fox. He's one of the best players in the league. Oh yeah, Trey Lyles is back too. Hey, yeah, been out they, they, they have a good team. Yes. Um, so that's going to be, it's not going to be an easy win at all, but it'll be a good win if they can get it done and it'll be the start of, you know, starting up a new win streak, right? They're already at one. Why not get to two? Why not get to three and four and five? There we right. go. I like <laughs> this style, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, we appreciate you guys for joining. Um, subscribe, share, mm-hmm. tell people on the street, you know, Tell your friends, tell your coworkers about us. Show them on Spotify, Odyssey app, on Apple Podcasts. Go on YouTube under 95.7 The Game. You know, <laughs> go into their podcast folder and you'll see us right there. We upload after every episode. You know, put the notification bell on, all that stuff too. Ding. <laughs> and when you rate, rate five stars, please. Only five. Only five. Don't rate anything else yeah. <laughs> in the YouTube comments. 
don't talk about my voice being very monotone. Okay. <laughs> Say good things. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All feedback is good feedback. Exactly. Unless it's bad feedback. So <laughs> <laughs> thank Karima again for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Um, <laughs> very much appreciate it. And we'll be back after the Kings game. Yeah, right after that win that we get. Right after yeah. that win. I don't know what just happened on my screen. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you guys. Peace. Peace.